0: السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته الله اكبر الله اكبر الله حي على الصلاه وحول من حي الفلاح حي على الفلاح Alhamdulillah الحمد لله إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن, لا إله إن الله وحده لا شريك له. وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ سَيِّدَنَا مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ يقول الله جل وعلا في كتابه الكريم يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ حَقَّ تُقَاتِهُ وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُم مُسْلِمُونَ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا يُصْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَمَنْ يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا أَمَّا بَعْدُ فَإِنَّ أَصْدَقَ الْحَدِيثِ كِتَابُ اللَّهِ وَخَيْرَ الْهَدْيِ هَدْيُ سَيِّدِنَا مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَشَرُّ الْأُمُورِ مُحْدَثَاتُهَا وَكُلُّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بدع وَكُلُّ بِدْعَةٍ ضلالة wa kulli dhallatin finnar a'adhanu Allahu wa iyyakum minha ajma'in amma ba amirul mu'minin sayyiduna ali ibn abi talib karram Allah wajha has stated in a narration describing the book of Allah the holy quran and in this narration he says Allah has revealed this Qur'an, commanding and forbidding. Within its pages are the ways of those who have gone before you. Their ways have been unveiled. And in it, the amthal, the similitudes, are laid bare. News of both the present and the future does it contain and within it the judgments of matters that arise among mortals. Its resplendence, he said, is never dulled, neither by the passage of time nor the weariness of repetition, and the counsel of its words shall never expire. Its wonders are without end, and its words are decisive. Dear brothers and sisters, we are the only community, the only ummah that is blessed with a fully preserved, fully intact, undistorted word of God Almighty in the original language sent down to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Al Quran Kareem. karim Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has revealed this Quran as a book of guidance. Bismillahir al-Rahman rahim Alif Lam Mim. That is a book in which there is no doubt, a guidance for the God-fearing. Allah has revealed this Quran as a criteria, a forqan. And a Furqan is a criteria, a standard by which you can discern between truth and falsehood, between darkness and light. Alhamdulillah alladhi nazzala al-Furqan abdihi liyakuna lil'alameena Nadira. Allah says, all praise is due to Allah who revealed the criteria al-Furqan upon his servant so he can be a warner to all of humanity. This Quran is a book of guidance. It gives us insight. Allah Ta'ala tells us, inna hadha al yahdi lillati aqwam. Indeed, this Quran guides to what is most upright. It gives us insight into what is going on around us. So as all of us, dear brothers and sisters, continue to observe these momentous events that are unfolding in the Holy Land, it is very important that we don't just remain glued to our phones and stuck in a state of anger or despair. Because if these events are viewed through the correct lenses, they should only increase us in Iman. If you are watching what's going on in the world, and you are feeling hopeless, then remember that you were always helpless, and we are by our very nature helpless, because Allah tells us so. Ya antumul Fuqara Allah, O humanity, you are poor and needy unto God. So that is our nature. So these events that we're seeing, if viewed through the correct lens. They should only increase us in Iman. And that is because Allah Ta'ala tells us that he has revealed the Quran tibyanan likulli shayy as a clarification an explanation, as an elucidation of everything. Shay, for everything. So if we truly engage with the words of Allah in the Quran, his divine speech, and if we truly reflect on what he has revealed, we will see the meanings of the Qur'an playing out in the world exactly as Allah described in his book. And that will only increase us in iman. We have to understand, dear brothers and sisters, that very often as we recite the Qur'an and we read the meanings, sometimes, the, very often in fact, the teachings seem... Somewhat abstract They seem somewhat theoretical Until events occur And we see in those events Things playing out Exactly as Allah Ta'ala described them in the Quran When Allah Ta'ala describes in the Quran About human nature We see play out in reality In the world around us What we read in the Quran About the nature of the world We see play out around us what we read in the Qur'an about the nature of the forces of darkness and the forces of light, of truth and falsehood, we see it all play out on the world stage. That should only increase us in iman. Some of the early generations of the Muslims, from the first couple of generations, they would say that the unfolding of history is its own Commentary on the Qur'an Its own tafsir You have principles Of interpreting the Qur'an And one of the ways we can Get a better understanding of the Qur'an Is to simply watch As history unfolds Life itself And history unfolding Explains And gives us insight into the meanings Of the Qur'an al-Karim So that calls if we're going to really engage in the Qur'an, it calls for reflection. It calls for tadabbur, a deeper engagement with the meanings of the Qur'an so that it informs our understanding of what's actually going on in the world around us. Now Allah Ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an that we should be reflecting on his book. And he also warns us against neglecting reflecting on the book. He tells us, كِتَابٌ إِلَيْكَ مُبَارَكٌ آيَاتِهِ وَلَيَتَذَكَّرَ الْأَلْبَابِ He says, it is a blessed scripture revealed to you that they may contemplate and reflect deeply on its verses so that those of insight, of depth, may take the reminder, may be reminded by it. So he encourages us to reflect. He also warns us against neglecting the Qur'an, neglecting reflection when he says, أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ أَمْ عَلَى قُلُوبٍ أَقْفَالُهَا Do they not reflect deeply on the Qur'an or are their hearts locked up? So let us reflect on some of the ayat of the Qur'an that speak to the realities unfolding before our very eyes in the holy lands and beyond. Now most of these sets of verses are from Surah Al-Imran, the third chapter of the Qur'an, which deals with the relationship between the Muslim community and the Bani Israel in Medina. So it is very appropriate. So the first verse we come to in this third chapter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ Yakfuruna وَيَقْتُلُونَ النَّبِيِّينَ بِغَيْرِ حق وَيَقْتُلُونَ الَّذِينَ يَأْمُنُونَ بِالْقِسْطِ بِنَ النَّاسِ فَبَشِّرْهُمْ بِعَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ He says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah says that those who reject, who deny the verses of Allah, the signs of Allah, and they kill the prophets without right, and they kill those who enjoin justice, then give them the glad tidings of a painful punishment. So this verse is a warning. Allah Ta'ala is telling the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu to warn them of a painful punishment in the hereafter if they do that. But you have to pay very close attention to this verse. This is where tadabbur is required. Allah Ta'ala uses the plural. He says, "They kill the prophets in the plural without right." So here, Allah Taala is addressing Bani Israel, having killed previous prophets. But that was in the past, and Allah Taala is addressing them in the present. Why would Allah Taala address Bani Israel in Medina about things in the past, warning them? of a painful punishment if they do that, when they've already been done, it's already happened. What's going on here? We have to reflect on this, dear brothers and sisters. Why would Allah Ta'ala tell the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to warn them from something that's already happened in the past? Well, the scholars of Tafsir have mentioned that this verse is telling Bani Israel that in the time of the Prophet ﷺ, they are linked to the killing of the Prophets in the past because it was the way of their forefathers and it's ascribed to them when they are happy with it and when they think it is justified, when they think it is an okay thing to do. It's as if Allah is telling them, if you were in their position, you would have done the same thing or you would have justified it accordingly. Otherwise if they disapproved of it Then they would not be subject to this threat Because they disapprove But most importantly In understanding the meaning of this verse And what it means today We see that in the Arabic language When Allah Ta'ala speaks about a past event But uses the present tense Uses the present tense verb it indicates continuity, right? When, so when the past event is mentioned, بِفِعْلِ الْمُضَارِعِ يُفِيدُ الْإِسْتِمْرَارِ It indicates continuity. It indicates that they will continue to oppose the Messenger of Allah وسلم, as they opposed those in the past. They will continue to plot against him as their own plotted against them in the past. And they will continue this behavior Towards Atba' al alayhi wa The followers of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam So what that means Is this verse is warning them It's also telling us that that behavior That pattern Will actually continue across history So if they or a group of them Are not trying to kill some of the Prophets They are trying to oppose And eliminate those who are following the Prophet. It's continuing. Al-Mudari Yufidul istimrar. So here we have to give a disclaimer. I must give a disclaimer. Understand that in these sensitive times we all have a duty to affirm the truth. And in this verse, and in several verses of the Quran, Allah Ta'ala addresses Bani Israel as a collective but he also makes certain exceptions. Now the Qur'an is a deep book and the Qur'an is addressing the people of intelligence. The Qur'an is addressing Ulul al the people of depth, of core. He's, Allah Ta'ala is addressing the Alimeen the Mutawassimeen, the Ulul Absar the people of intelligence, al-'aqilun, Allah is addressing people of intelligence who can abstract from general observations. Allah is addressing people who can understand collective statements that are based on noticing patterns that come through creation. For example, if you say that men generally have more upper body strength than women. That is a general statement based on what? Based on broad observations of human beings. So it is actually unintelligent to reply to that by saying, well, this woman here actually bench presses more than most men because that exception does not disprove the general statement. So Allah Ta'ala addresses collectives when He says, Ya ayyuhallazeena amanu, O you who believe. He addresses collectives when He says, Ya yeah, bani Israel. But He does not judge people for the sins of others. He addresses collectives because of collective patterns of behavior that unfold across time. And we can mention those collective descriptions without having to cite every single exception. Allah cites exceptions. Allah mentions in the very same chapter that there are exceptions to these general statements. So we're looking at patterns that unfold across time, confirmed in the Quran. So going back to Surah Al Imran, we see that meaning unfolding across history. And we see it today in the targeting of members of the Ummah of the Prophet sallallahu wa So all you can say is SadaqAllahu wa Rasulu. SadaqAllahu wa Rasulu. Allah and His Messenger have spoken the truth Now the next verse in Surah Al-Imran that speaks about these realities It's a little closer to home In this verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says fi wa anfusikum." مِنَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ وَمِنَ الَّذِينَ أَشْرَكُوا وَإِن وَتَتَّقُوا فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ مِنْ عَزْمِ Umur. He says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will most certainly be tested in your wealth and in yourselves and you will most certainly hear hurtful words from Ahlul Kitab and the Mushrikun But if you are patient and if you exercise taqwa, mindfulness of Allah, then surely that is a resolve to aspire to. Now the great Imam razi rahimahullah mentions in his commentary on this verse, that this is the promise of Allah Ta'ala, the promise of Allah, that you are going to hear things that offend you. You're going to hear things from the Ahlul Kitab and the mushrikeen that offend you. Things about Allah, things about Rasulullah sallallahu and things about Islam and Muslims that are hurtful to your ears. And in the past two weeks, if you've been paying attention, you must have certainly seen and heard a great deal of hurtful things towards Islam and the Muslims, online and offline. So what is the response? That is the promise of Allah. It's going to happen. You see it right in front of you. So what is the response Allah gives us the answer in the same verse he says subhanahu wa ta'ala wa in wa fa umur if you have sabr patience and you are mindful of Allah surely that is a resolve to aspire to two qualities sabr and taqwa so the sabr which we often translate as patience the sabr mean just keeping your head down and taking abuse silently? Is that what sabr means? Indeed, in some situations, when a person is absolutely powerless, that might be the only option. But sabr is not just keeping your head down. Sabar is not just taking it. Sabar is fortitude. Sabar is firmness. And so Imam al-Razi commenting on this verse, he says, That this includes sabar in standing up for truth Being firm and having fortitude in standing up for truth That is sabar Sabar in struggling against falsehood Sabar in fortitude while standing up for what is right He also mentions that you need sabar when dealing with hurtful speech Because you cannot respond to falsehood with another falsehood Because when you respond to falsehood with another falsehood, guess what happens? You only increase the amount of falsehood. And as Muslims, we are people who value truth. That means that we should aim to diminish and minimize the amount of falsehood that exists in the world. That's why you have to have sabr, to diminish the falsehood and diminish the harm in the world. That means you respond to falsehood with truth and you always remain committed to the truth. So that's the first quality. The second quality is taqwa, having mindfulness of Allah Ta'ala. And that is to minimize any harm that could come to you in the hereafter because of what you say or do. So it's as if Allah Ta'ala is addressing the ummah, the community, telling them, you will most certainly receive Verbal abuse. So if you want to give the proper response that bears fruit in this life and in the next, you have to have sabr and taqwa, fortitude and mindfulness of Allah Ta'ala. If you have these two, then nadarika That is a resolve to aspire to. That's what you should aim for. So as things develop, Dear brothers and sisters, we have to maintain sabar. Not sabr as in keeping your head down. But sabar as in fortitude in only responding with truth, not falsehood. In having fortitude to say that what is right is right and what is wrong is wrong. And in all of this we have to maintain taqwa, mindfulness of Allah Ta'ala, which is to commit to say the right words and to do the right deeds And to reign in and gain mastery over our emotions and passions and direct them in a way that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So may Allah give us this insight into the Quran and allow us to see the meanings of the Quran unfold in our day to day life that our Iman may be increased. Allahumma ijalil Quran al Azima rabi'a qulubina. وجلاء أحزاننا وَذَهَابَ ممينا وهم يا رب العالمين. أو oh Allah، make the Quran for us the spring of our hearts and that which removes any anxiety and distress and sadness. يا رب العالمين. اللهم بِحَقِّ الْقُرْآنِ أُنصُرْ أهل الحق والدين على المعتدين الظالمين يا رب العالمين. والحمد لله رب العالمين. اللهم صل وسلم Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Hamdan kathiran, tayyiban, mubarakan Fi Kama Rabbuna Wayarada Wassalatu wassalama Latammanal akmanani Al-Mutalazimani Ala Sayyidina Muhammad Wa Ala Alihi Wa Sahbihi Wasallam Wa Ba'd Dear brothers and sisters When we witness These events Happening in the Holy Lands From far away A sense of helplessness can bring on anger and despair and fear. Emotions, you have to understand, are a kind of energy. And that energy can consume us if we don't nurture them in the right way. And one of the ways we can nurture our emotions in these trying times is through deep reflection on the Qur'an. When the companions of the Prophet wasallam recited the Qur'an, they reflected on the promises of Allah contained within it. And as time went on, and as they saw those promises manifesting in the world, it only strengthened their faith. And what we are seeing in real time is exactly what Allah Ta'ala said happened in the past, is, will happen now and will happen in the future. So we come to the third verse that we're reflecting on, on this Jumu'ah. And this verse is not in Surah al Imran, it's in Surah al When 10,000 plus forces combined between Quraysh and Ghatafan and other tribes of the Arabs, when they made their way north to Medina to mobilize And obliterate that new community. The companions of the Prophet ﷺ realized that they were outnumbered, they were outarmed, and they were surrounded. But despite all of that, they never fell into despair. They never fell into despair. Yes, they were worried at times. They were tired. They were hungry. They were cold. But they were never in despair. And Allah Ta'ala records their response to those forces of 10,000 that were surrounding them. Records their response in an ayah that is to be recited until the last day. And this ayah is the one ayah that we should all know and understand in these trying times. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala says, وَلَمَّا رَأَى الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الْأَحْزَابِ قَالُوا هَذَا مَا وَعَدَنَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ وَصَدَقَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ وَمَا زَادَهُمْ إِلَّا إِيمَانًا وَتَسْلِيمًا When the believers saw the Ahzab, the confederates, the confederation of forces, outnumbered, when they saw all of these people, what did they say? They said, هَذَا مَا Allahu اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ This is exactly what Allah and His Messenger have promised us. And Allah and His Messenger have spoken the truth. And it only increased them in faith and in submission. So when you connect deeply with the Quran and understand how it describes human nature and the unfolding of events and the struggle between light and darkness and truth and falsehood you really can't help but experience an increase in iman. That doesn't take away from the pain you have seeing people suffer. It doesn't take away from that feeling of, of anger and that feeling of pain and grief, but it does prevent despair because despair is an emotion we want to eject from our hearts. Anger, needs to be directed grief needs to be felt and directed despair needs to be removed because there's no place for despair coming now to the fourth verse the fourth verse is also very important for us dear brothers and sisters as we see what's unfolding the fourth verse is in suratul nisa in suratul nisa allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing the munafiqoon the hypocrites And he describes them as people who would spread false and unverified information in the community in a way that would spread fear and unease. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in this chapter وَإِذَا جَاءَهُمْ أَمْرٌ مِنَ الْأَمْنِيَ وَالْخَوْفِ أَذَاعُوا بِهِ وَلَوْ رَدُّوهُ إِلَى الرَّسُولِ وَإِلَىٰ أُولِي الْأَمْرِ مِنْهُمْ لَعَلِمَهُ الَّذِينَ يَصْطَنْبِطُونَهُ مِنْهُمْ He says that when news of any matter reaches them, the hypocrites, they spread it about freely, whether it is of a reassuring nature or of a frightening nature. If only they had referred it to the messenger and those in authority among them, those among them able to derive the truth about it would have had proper knowledge concerning it so the scholars of tafsir mention that this spreading of news done by the munafiqun was actually more harmful in the balance because number 1 much of what they were spreading was mixed with disinformation and falsehood there was some truth mixed in with falsehood there was some truth mixed in with disinformation so that's harmful number 2 they say Even the supposedly good news and reassuring news that they spread was exaggerated. And when things didn't turn out as people thought, they began to feel some anxiety and despair. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us very specific instructions here. What does he instruct us to do? He says, if only they had referred it to the messenger and those in authority among them, ulul amr. Those among them able to derive the truth, yastambitunahu, to derive the truth about it, would have had proper knowledge of it. So Allah Ta'ala is telling us in these cases to refer these matters to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, or to whom? Ulul Amr. Who are Ulul Amr? Those in authority. This is a general term. And it can refer to the leaders and authorities, it can refer to the Learned scholars and those with deep experience in the matters at hand, who are on the front lines, who really know what's going on, who can give you a sound confirmation or a sound denial of the news. So in this current environment that, we, that we're in, how can this be implemented? First, we have to understand, as I noted last week, that we're in the fog of war. And the first casualty of war is truth. Truth is the first casualty of war. This is not World War II. This is what academics call fourth generation and fifth generation warfare. And much of that is conducted online in the form of shaping public opinion. This means that you have to be suspicious of almost everything that comes through the media. Don't mass-share everything you come across. Refer it to those who know. And perhaps more importantly, just wait. Things that come to you don't have to be shared on the spot. Wait it out. Because if you spread something that is true but exaggerated, it creates some despair and anxiety when it doesn't pan out the way it says it will. And if you share something false, it also creates a difficult situation it creates uh, it's dispiriting and it breaks down morale so wait and reflecting on this and how we respond so many people are on their phones plugged into what's going on and they're feeling a great deal of despair and I want to tell you that in all of these things you have to simply wait it out and make dua you can't let people emotionally pressure you into unproductive guilt. Because there is absolutely nothing for you to feel guilty about If your heart is in the right place And as long as you are praying for the innocent And you do what is feasible for you to do Any other guilt is unproductive Unproductive guilt, unproductive despair These are from Shaitan. الذين آمنوا Not everything is your problem to solve Allah Ta'ala has jobs for you to fulfill and for me to fulfill. We all have our own circles of influence and our own circle of responsibility. So understand the trap, dear brothers and sisters. It is a trap of Shaytan to get people hyper-involved in things that are not their job while neglecting their own circle of influence and the job right in front of them. So if you're stuck on your phone, checking and rechecking, checking and rechecking the news, to the point that you're distracted from your immediate responsibilities, you're actually falling for a trap of shaitan. So maybe pull back a little bit and observe. You can observe from the distance. Just gorging on the suffering of others is neither helpful nor healthy in the long term. There are certain areas in life where Allah Ta'ala wants you fully engaged. And in those roles, you can't afford to be stuck in despair. You are more productive for the cause of God Almighty when you take a step back and focus on what's an immediate priority for you. So our hearts go out to the loss suffered by our brothers and sisters in Palestine and beyond. And we rejoice at the same time at the outcomes enjoyed by those souls departed as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, وَلَا تَحْسَبَنَّ الَّذِينَ قتلوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ أَمْوَاتًا بَلْ أَحْيَاءٌ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ يُرْزَقُونَ They do not think that those who are slain in the cause of God are truly dead, nay they are alive, being provided for by their Lord. So Allah Ta'ala gives us the ultimate perspective. On the Day of Judgment, Palestine, the State of Israel, all of these things will no longer exist. All that will exist, all that will be, matter is your loyalty to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It will be about whether you stood firm against the allies of evil who spread fasad and fitna and dalal and zaygh in the earth. It will be about you enjoining the, the good and forbidding the evil in your circle of influence. This is the challenge for everyone experiencing difficulty. To not be overwhelmed. There's the shock of the events. There's the flood of emotions, and it's there when you're feeling the shock of the events and the flood of emotions that Shaitan comes in to distract you and urges you to get caught in the negative loop of overthinking, of negative thinking, and to put aside what is of immediate priority for you. What do you respond with? You respond as Allah Ta'ala instructed us. As Allah Ta'ala mentions in Surah Al-Imran, (inaudible) <inaudible> that is only from shaytan trying to prompt you to fear his followers. So do not fear them, but fear me if you are believers. So what do you do? You say, اللَّهُ وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلُ Allah is sufficient for us and he is the best protector. Say that hundreds of times, thousands of times. And you repeat it hundreds and thousands of times not because you don't believe it but because you want it to have an impact on your heart because it is the dhikr of the Qur'an that brings tranquility during times of overwhelm. And so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us that Qur'anic remedy. اللهم jarat قبل نزولها وعند نزولها وبعد نزولها مع رضاك رضاً من لا سخط بعده أبدا لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إن كنا من الظالمين عملنا سوءا وظلمنا أنفسنا فاغفر لنا فإنّه لا يغفر الذنوب إلا أنت اللهم إن راضين بِقَضَائِكَ وقدرك ولا نقول إلا ما يرضيك عنا إن لله وإنا إليه راجعون اللهم إن آمنا وإقننا بأنك مفرج الكروب ودافع البليات وناصر المجاهدين ورب المصضعفين وقاهر الجبابرة المتكبرين وأن نصرك ووعدك قريب غير بعيد يا الله أفرغ الصبر الجميل على قلوب عبادك المصدعفين في غزة اللهم أقر عيونهم وعيوننا بهزيمة أعدائك وأعدائنا يا أرحم الراحمين يا قوي يا عزيز من الذين ladina la من رحمتك يا a السحاب يا in الكتاب ya هازم sahab, ya إنهم al kitab, ya hazim al azab, Allah عبادك inna hum, اجعل تدميرهم duka تدبيرهم اللهم إنك قد أرسلت humansuruna ada ibadik, ya المرتضى Allah mustafa فكفروا به وحاربوه بعدما عرفوه كما يعرفون ابناءهم وبعدما كانوا يستفتحون باسمه الشريف على اعدائهم ونحن يا ربنا قد امننا به واتبعناه واحببناه ونصرناه صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم لا اله الا انت سبحانك إن كنا من الظالمين ألا إن نصر الله قريب، وعند الله تجتمع الخصوم، ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم، سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون، وسلام على المصلين والحمد لله رب العالمين.